Welcome to the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Hudock, where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating. From angels to energy healing, from mystical places to mystical teachings, this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul. My guest today is Charmian Redwood, and she is an author, a spiritual teacher, a luminary. She wrote the books Coming Home to Lemuria and At Mother Mary's Table. And she had a near-death experience in 1980, which I would say opened the door for her remembering of this ancient information that she will share with us today the connection or her connection with source and the DNA codes for ascension. I might also add that uh, she has remembered many lifetimes as a teacher and a healer in the mystery schools, always guiding her students to find the God within and to empower themselves. And since moving to Hawaii in 2006, Charmian has brought forward many memories of ancient Lemuria, where we live in oneness and where we used our intention and connection to the source to create everything that we need in our lives. Her work now is to bring back the teams who worked in the ancient crystal cities so that we all can begin to create a new world. Charmian Redwood, thank you for being on the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's very exciting. It's such a pleasure. And I love your work. I think your work is really unique, really special, and um, very needed for today. Mm-hmm. And we'll certainly go into that. Um, maybe we can start off um, with a brief explanation about how this came to be for you, um, how all this information got brought forth for you, maybe starting with your NDE, or maybe even before that, any significant information or moments that have happened um, along the way. Thank you. It really started with the NDE because before that I was a really normal person. I didn't know anything about metaphysics. I barely knew what meditation was. It wasn't my world. It wasn't mostly in the pub playing darts and having a, a nice life, you know. So I had this experience when my twins were born. I had two babies, I had twins. The whole birth went horribly wrong. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So I ended up being rushed back to the hospital 10 days after the birth. And I'd had all this internal bleeding that they didn't know about, which had got infected. So as I was being taken back to the hospital, I was so ill, I really didn't care at that point if I lived or died. I just wanted them to stop asking me lots of questions like how I want to be buried and what religion I follow. And it's like, just leave me alone, (laughs) just let me die here. So the first night that I was in the hospital, I just had this experience of floating up. And many people have described this, who have had near-death experiences, that you just float up out of the body and you're looking down at that body. And what I realized at that point was that nothing of me is in the body. All of my consciousness was the one that was looking at the body. So I realized the body is just the house that I, (laughs) this much different person, the consciousness that I am, that's the house that I live in. So I felt a great deal of compassion for the body Like, what a great job it's doing, housing this huge consciousness. So I drifted away from the hospital, from that scene. There was no fear. I knew that wherever I was going, it was into peace and love, and there were angels there. And previously that, I hadn't really thought much about angels or heaven or God or anything like that. 
So I floated away and then the next minute I'm just surrounded by this golden light, which is extremely difficult to put into words because everything you could ever want was in that light. It was love, but it was so much more than love. So as soon as I got to that place, I just knew this is who I am. This is where I want to be. This is home. This is where I came from. And this is where I belong. And everything down there that that body is doing is just a story that I'm making up. And it's not who I am. So I was just floating in absolute bliss, oneness. It was just wonderful. And then the next minute, Master Jesus appears in front of me and he didn't look like the man. He looked, He was just white light, pure white light with his penetrating eyes and a blue star in his heart. And he was just gazing with unconditional love, acceptance, forgiveness, absolutely no judgment. I was the one that was looking over my life and thinking, oh, I shouldn't have said that and I wish I hadn't done that. He, he, was, he didn't care about any of that. He just loved me. And that was such a, um, a humbling experience because I'd never felt that before. I'd never been loved unconditionally. It was always, I'll love you if you act like this, you do that. So he was just sending me this unconditional love. And then we had this conversation telepathically. And he said, because your heart is pure, if you want to, you can stay here with us in the golden light. Mm -hmm. So we are, but we are asking you if you would go back to the earth because the earth needs your love, your wisdom and your healing. Well, at the time, I had none of those. I didn't know anything about anything. But I, I said to him, how can I go back down there knowing that this is where I belong with you? So he, he reached into his heart and he took a piece like a point of his blue star and he put it in my heart and he said, now you will know that I am always with you. So the next minute I'm floating back in that hospital, floating over that body, knowing that that is not who I am. That's just the house that I live in. And if I get back into that, I will suffer. I will take on suffering again. If I stay out in the golden light with them, I will never suffer again. So it was very, very hard to come back. It was very easy to leave. But the I have to say, the only reason I came back was not to save humanity. It was because I'd just given birth to two babies. And really, the father was not that keen on having babies, especially two babies. So there was no way I was leaving those babies without a mother. So that was the only reason I came back. And then when I came back into the body, everything that I had done before, my life, I was a teacher, buying a house, career path, all of that was completely meaningless. One, I just wanted to get back to where I'd been. Two, I said, I know there's a plan for this earth. I don't know what it is, but whatever that plan is, wherever you need me to be, let me know and I will go. So that's why I was then traveling for 30 years. Third thing I said, I want to help people to have this understanding that I now have of their true self. I want them to experience this without all the drama of the near death, the being sick like I was. So gradually over several years, I developed this way of using hypnosis to take people into the golden light, to experience themselves as soul, and then to start to connect from the soul essence in their physical life 
here. So that now is my life purpose, is to empower other people. Because I know who I am. I don't need to empower myself. I want everyone to understand that they are a magnificent, powerful creator being and in no sense a victim of anybody else. They, everyone is their own person. So I just act as the midwife to help them to get to that place. Yeah, and uh, everyone I have on this show, I like to be a direct experiencer of their work if I can, at least read their books if they've read a book or two. And um, I love your session that we had together um, because it brings everything full circle for me in my life. And what was so interesting, if we just kind of go into your work for a moment, when I was lying on the table and you worked to bring us back to that source of remembering, and there are certain ancient uh, ascended masters that I already feel very connected with, I'm already familiarized with. And Moria is something that was always sort of in the back burner, but not... Um, nothing that I had really yet kind of uh, discovered in my life and worked with, um, but open and curious. And what was so wild for me, um, we say wild, but at this point, everything's just like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but was when we went through the session and I started describing ancient Lemuria and then reading your book and everything I was describing was exactly what you describe in your book about these crystal cities. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And then of course you can go down the rabbit hole even more and maybe go do a search and you start finding out more of the same similar information. And, you know, to me, that's, that's enough. <laughs> it's like, okay, we could say, is that our imagination? But then you just get confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Um, maybe we could talk to the listeners and tell them, some are probably, probably pretty hip to the term, the Lemurians or the Atlanteans and uh, other ancient civilizations. But for those that have no idea and need a, or need a greater understanding, can you explain what the Lemurian age is or what it was, when it mm -hmm. began, and mm -hmm. who were these people or beings? Well, this was actually the very first civilization on the planet. It was before Atlantis, and it was where the Pacific is now. Atlantis was where the Atlantic Ocean is. Lemuria was where the Pacific is now. So all of the Pacific Islands, Japan, the western coast of United States, California, very much part of Lemuria. And it, it's hard to put a time when it began because when we first came down as the people of Mu, we did not call ourselves Lemurians. We called ourselves the people of Mu, M-U, and we lived in the land of Mu. And we were not in physical bodies. We came down first in a much lighter body. We came from very high dimensions, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimensions. So it took us a long time to step our energy down so that we could live in a physical body on the earth. So we had these beautiful uh, crystal cities, temples, because we were still very connected to the oneness, to the source of all creation, we could always tap into that energy and use it to create whatever we chose. So we built these beautiful crystal cities, crystal temples, and we worked in our teams. We were called the grid masters, these teams that would work together, usually three, six, nine, or 12, and we would say, okay, we want to build a crystal city. So what we did, we would 
use the, the energy of the team, we would stand in our temple and we would ask for the blueprint of whatever we wanted to physically manifest. We would ask for that to be brought down. It would come down in a beam of golden light as glyphs. And then all of us would focus on that energy. And then we would literally create it with our minds and it would physically appear in the circle. And then we would transport it to wherever we wanted it to. So we had what we would now call superconscious powers. We, we, could, we didn't need to talk. We communicated by telepathy. We could teleport ourselves wherever we wanted to go. We could go in and out of dimensions. We were very used to just being able to step through a portal, return to the source, have our bodies energized, and then come back down again. Because at this time, it was before what we now call the fall. And that was the time when we decided that we were going to disconnect from our super consciousness. We were going to forget who we were, forget all these powers. And we were going to go into an experience that was purely third dimensional. So we lost our connection to the fifth, sixth, seventh dimensions where there is only peace and love. So then we experienced suffering for the very first time because in Lemuria we lived in harmony, love, peace. We did not know. We didn't have words for pain. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, we're, and this was the story really behind the Garden of Eden. We didn't get thrown out of the garden. We walked out of the garden. The reason that we chose this, you might think, why on earth did we choose to do that, was because as a soul, our purpose is to evolve. And we evolve the quickest when we are challenged by adversity. So as a soul, we collectively thought, hmm, what's the hardest thing we could possibly challenge ourselves with? I know, let's forget that we are super creators and let's go back to this primitive level where we have to do everything with our hands, we have to make everything, we have no control over our environment. Like in Mu, we could control the weather, we could do everything by working with the elementals, with the energies. So now we went through thousands of years of being separated from our own divine truth. But now, fortunately for us, this was not meant to be permanent. So what's happening now is we, the circle is complete and we are now lifting back up to that place of oneness and connection where we are beginning to awaken these superpowers, the, the intuition, the um, telepathic uh, connection. I don't know, you probably often feel you just think of somebody and, and the next minute they're on the phone calling you, you know, oh, you've probably experienced that. That's because the frequency of the earth is now being lifted up to a place where these superconscious powers are once more acceptable and possible. So the ascended masters that have already made that journey, like Master Jesus, they are overseeing this process and they are helping us. They are helping us to attune ourselves to higher, higher, higher frequencies. We couldn't just do it in, in one night. We couldn't go from being third dimension to fifth dimension it would be too difficult. We spent thousands of years dumbing our bodies down, like lowering our circuits so we could survive here in the physical. Because mm. if we remembered who we were, really, there's no way we would stay here. We would say, okay, enough of this, I'm out of here. So now we are gradually being upgraded. So our wiring, our 
blueprint, our DNA is constantly being activated in this series of activations that is taking us to the ascension. And when enough of us are ready to make the ascension, meaning that enough of us can hold the frequency because we've raised our own vibration, then there will be a mass shift of consciousness back to the oneness that we had in Lemuria. Mm. So that's what's happening now. That's what the ascension is about. We're actually coming back to where we started, but it's not the same. Because in Lemuria, all we knew was oneness. But now we have mastery over the oneness and the separation. So you might say that's how our souls have become stronger, is we've now mastered the dark as well as the light. Hmm. So there's nothing that can uh, hold power over us anymore. So was this like a 250,000-year cycle? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. It's out of living memory. And most of the books written about Lemuria are um, kind of explanations of the physical remains that have been found more from an archaeological point of view. But my work, because I use hypnosis as my tool, is to actually go into the past life memories of people who were there. So as soon as I... Uh, f flew to Hawaii and I knew nothing about Lemuria. I just knew that I was one, but I didn't, like most of people listening to this podcast, they might know they are a Lemurian, but it didn't mean anything to me because I had no idea what it was. As soon as I put my feet on the soil of Hawaii, I just knew I'd come home, mm -hmm. that I was safe, and that I could, this was interesting, that I could show who I am for the first time in my life. I've always felt I had to hide, stay small, not be noticed. But in, in Hawaii, I could just let it all come out. So within weeks of um, landing there on the big island, I'd met all this soul family. All my Lemurian soul family had all been called back to the islands. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I started to do the sessions of hypnosis, all these memories of Lemuria were coming and I realized that I had all this information that I didn't know and so my guide said, you need to write this down so that others can share it too. Yeah, I can relate to that since having a session with you some time ago, not too long ago. Mm -mm. It's like my life is being guided to different places. I mentioned I went to Big Sur when we were before we started this call and i felt like i was being guided to some very remote spots where they'd say no go here we're gonna talk to you here go here you're gonna find this here go here and take a turn at this corner there'll be a bridge and sure enough you turn you take a corner there's a bridge and there's the field that they're talking about and they're showing up in my dreams uh, I'm getting information that then gets confirmed the next day or even the same day. And I was told in my life by many of my teachers that, oh, yes, you were from Lemuria. And it kind of just went over my head. It was like the consciousness wasn't ready yet to uh, investigate further, just seek more information and, mm -hmm. um, until fairly recently. And since that uncovering in the hypnosis it's like it's like uh, a, literally a covering has been lifted and mm -hmm. i can see more clearly it's a really interesting um, experience and it's, it's actually very um uh it feels very um peaceful mm. you know to know uh, what is being presented to me now you know, you talk about the grid a lot in your book mm -hmm. and how we would work to charge the grid, um, how we, what it would be like to be off the grid, and also how there were people during that time that were not as advanced 
as do Lemurians, which was not something I was aware of. I, did, I thought they were just those living in that high elevated, higher dimensional state. And that's it. Mm. And according to you, that's not the case. We, there are different beings that were here at the same time and we would help them to perhaps elevate. Can you talk a bit about the grid and the significance of that and the others that were walking the planet? Um, so, so what we did in the temples, we would bring the highest frequencies down from the source and we would put them into what we would now call the ley lines. So those, those are the grids, the matrix that goes around the earth. And we would constantly be working with the matrix, which is what's happening now as the new codes come in and we put them into the, the crystal grids of the earth. Then they are transported around the earth and everybody is has access to them. So we were a very high frequency civilization and we were able to travel astrally we could teleport ourselves and we would just materialize in front with the with these people so because they were very primitive and they were kind of warlike and we weren't so part of what we felt was our of our mission was to try and bring peace to these warring people. So, for instance, one of the projects that we chose was on Easter Island. So there were these clans that were all fighting each other. So what we did, we went and manifested to these people and they thought we were gods because we just appeared and we were shining, we were radiating light. And what we did, we, we created this project to bring all the warring clans together, which is those statues that are look out towards the ocean in Easter Island. And what, what we did was that we, we taught them how to carve the statues out of rock, but not using primitive tools, but using sound to as a, as a laser, like a laser to carve the stones. And then we taught them how to transport them from the quarry up to the top of the cliffs using the geomagnetic magnetic energies of the earth. Uh, so they floated. And in, in the, uh, the Easter Island verbal, oral tradition, they say that those statues floated up the cliff. Wow. So that's gone into myth that that's gone from their tribal memory into now myth. But that's actually what happened. So just by bringing them together to cooperate mm. and to build something that was much bigger than themselves, because they realized these that there were gods and that the, these statues were not anything in their normal way of life. So it, it kind of humbled them. And it brought them more into the heart. So that's the kind of thing that we did. We would put energy of love and peace into everything that we did. We would even make it rain. We would put it into the rain. And then we would ask the rain to go and fall on these people that were all uh, in turmoil or conflict or, or whatever it was. So that we felt that, that we were like the older brother the older sisters that we were trying to raise the consciousness of the people around us. Mm. Could, could we still do that, even though we're living in the third dimensional reality today? Mm. Mm. And more and more people are remembering and more and more people are waking up and consciousness is raising and the frequency of the planet is raising. Mm -hmm. Can we do what we did back then on Easter Island? Exactly. Yes, exactly. We mm -hmm. can use sound and mm -hmm. we can use the geomagnetic yeah. physics to... Uh -huh. are, are, are they already doing it? And we don't know... Very it? few, very, very few. This is how Stonehenge was built. This, this was how those great stones were floated all the way from Cornwall, which is oh, 200 miles away, and they were floated all the way to Stonehenge. It is within our 
uh, living memory. The Tibetans still have that uh, knowledge of how to use sound to actually cut stone. But this is one of the things that will be brought back as we raise our frequency and we develop what we now think of as super conscious superpowers but at that time they were just who we were and what we did then these will become available we'll be able to teleport we'll be able to uh, manifest and I, th I personally think that's one of the next steps is to be able to directly manifest things from the ethers into the physical mm -hmm. especially when the teams come together so what we're doing now, the most important job that any of us has right now is to raise our vibration. Doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Your job is to raise your frequency yeah. so that you then become part of the solution that right. is lifting the energy of the earth to heal all the the toxicity that we've done on this planet you know it's unbelievable what we've done in 200 years it's it's hard to even uh, conceptualize how much we, damage we've done but we have the consciousness to put all that right very quickly and it's one of the first things we will be doing when we do this mass ascension is that we will fix the earth and the oceans and the air and we will put it all back to the garden. The earth will be restored to the garden. When do you perceive or predict that happening? Well, w when I do the sessions of the hypnosis and we go forward in time, around tw uh, 2035, there is a huge shift. But what my guides tell me is that when enough people are ready to hold the frequency, then it will be happening. Happening. So 35 is a possibility. And that's why it's so important for us to really get with the program and not waste our energies fighting the old system, trying to bring that down. What we are here to do is to create the new earth, which is love, peace and harmony, not judgment, right. not hating, not us and them. Because in Lemuria, we didn't have a concept of us and them. Right. There was only we. <laughs> so that's what we have to get over, this adversarial mentality mm. that we have to work together to heal this planet. Yeah, it, uh, it makes me think of Greg Braden. Oh, yes. And how he had that incredible discovery. I think it's from his book, The God Codes, mm. I believe. Um, and he talks about this incredible discovery, how when he broke down the codes from the periodic table and the ancient languages, I believe that he found in the Hebrew language, the Sanskrit language, and the Aramaic languages collectively, that he found the first... Um, uh, part of our DNA, I don't know what you would call it in scientific terms, but it spells out verbatim God eternal within the body. Mm -hmm. And you talk in your book about how uh, this is, this is, this remembering is in our cellular mm -hmm. structure. It is in mm -hmm. our DNA. God eternal within the body and all these light codes and how the Lorians would use crystals and use the power of their intention to direct it into the crystal to make any structure that the, any manifest anything they want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it also makes me think about, well, DNA has its own crystallization. Mm -hmm. Bones are crystal. Mm -hmm. You see geometric patterns everywhere. It's like to deny that this is within us, <coughs> deny the very fact that we are God eternal within the body. Mm -hmm. So it just takes that turning on of that switch so that we get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Do you say? 
Absolutely. And that's exactly what I do in my hypnosis. It's why I do hypnosis. I call it authentic self-hypnosis because we're bringing in our own God self. It's not outside of us. It's just our own eternal self. And we bring that into the body activate those dormant light codes that are in the DNA that were put in at the end of Lemuria. It was always intended that we were going to remember who we were. So those of us who are the Lemurians, we are the oldest souls on this planet and we have already lived in oneness. Okay. So that's why it's going to come very easily to us because we've done it before and we are now the way showers we are the ones who are opening up all of these frequencies so that others can can take that step so that's why that people are just hearing the word lemuria People have told me when they find me and they do a session that they just started to cry as soon as they saw the word Lemuria because we have this cellular memory and we know that we're supposed to live in harmony, peace and oneness and for some reason uh, we're not. (laughs) But we will be. So, what you know, what, what I always say is don't focus on what's wrong with this earth focus on creating something new and different. The way it was told to me many, many years ago, I was told by my guides that there are two spirals of energy on the planet at this time. There is an ascending spiral that's here that is taking matter back to spirit and that's getting bigger and brighter and higher. There is a descending spiral of all the old hierarchies, the power over, the corruption, the manipulation. That is on a decreasing spiral and eventually there's going to be nowhere for it to go because it just disappears into itself. And and what was said to me was that each one of us has to choose where do I want to put my energy? Which spiral do I feed? And I'm very clear, I'm here to build the new earth. The old earth and the old hierarchies are doing a great job of pulling themselves down. They don't need any help from me. And I am here, especially for these new children who already have the codes awake. These two-year-olds have the codes awake that we are working very hard to try and wake wake up. So we have to be here as guardians for the earth so that these new little souls, actually very old souls, uh, so that they can inherit, they have a planet to live to, that's left that's still in existence because at the moment this is what I was told when COVID started I said what's this about and they said that we are pushing this planet off a cliff and if we don't stop what we are doing within 50 years this planet will not be sustainable so COVID was meant to literally stop us in our tracks focus us internally on what is important. We add all our outer stuff, all of our distractions, mm. what we were using for entertainment, all of that was stopped. <laughs> and, and in the end, what does it come down to? People, love, connection to yeah. the earth, the beauty of this earth and the people and the animals that are in it. So that was the cause of COVID. It doesn't matter how the techni- technical things of how it was created. It's, that was the purpose of the, it on a soul level. This was why we needed it and we chose it. Mm. That's a beautiful- so it actually was a gift. It was a great gift. I love that as mm. a really positive reframe. Mm. People that are really spinning the wheels right now around the whole mm-hmm. idea of how this started and why, why, why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to take it back for a moment. When you talk about the codes that were placed within us, um, it, it sounds like this was very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Who 
who placed these codes? Was this the God of our understanding? Was this a team of ascended masters? Where, who is responsible for this code generation and placing it in our DNA? We are. <laughs> Before we dumbed ourselves down, we created everything that we would need in order to survive the long walk through the shadow. And we programmed, it's like a time release capsule okay. that our DNA is programmed with all these different light codes that will, they're being activated in sequence. And each one of these big portals that we have, an equinox, a solstice, 888, we've got one coming up, uh, 555, 5th of May. Each one of these is a signal to our DNA. Okay, let's open this one up now. So a lot of my work is actually activating the light bodies, the crystal light bodies, the emerald heart body, because we, we, we are, as you were saying about our bones and the crystal, we are literally being transmuted or morphed into a crystalline base for our physical bodies. We've been carbon-based, which is kind of dense and opaque. Mm -hmm. And our physical structure, our cellular makeup is being shifted from carbon to silicone, which is a crystalline structure that can hold the frequency of all the light that we are. So we couldn't bring all of our essence into these old bodies. It would like be bringing a diamond into a lump of coal. Right. It's not a fit. So now what's been happening over the last 30 years is the carbon, the piece of coal, is being transformed into a diamond. And that's why it's been so difficult. Because all of our trauma... All of our memories of the destructions, the enslavement, the manipulation that's ever happened to us on all of our journeys since the fall is also being stored in our cellular memory. So when, when we go through a challenge, the, the purpose of it is to trigger those old wounds so that in, it, when we deal with the one that is present, presenting to us now, we're actually clearing that whole track of when we've experienced similar things before. So that's another reason that I use hypnosis, because we go back to the original cause of whatever events. If we have difficulty with relationship, we've got a health issue, we've got a finance issue. We go back to find the original cause, because what we need to do now is clear the cellular memory of all the negative programming. Yes, yeah. And I'm really big on that, just the reprogramming that is possible for all of us right now. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yeah. And there's a lot of negative programming. And if we keep, mm -hmm. you know, during this particular time on the planet during COVID, how many people do you know that um, started drinking more, drinking mm -hmm. more coffee, eating more, mm -hmm. exercising less, watching more TV? watching more TV that's programming that is not raising your frequency, mm -hmm. more alcohol that's programming that is not putting you in your prefrontal cortex so that you can think clearly. Not to poo-poo, hey, enjoy your wine, all that. But it's really about raising the frequency. So like you said, with those two spirals, this is a huge opportunity right now where we can look at everything we're doing that has been lowering our frequency from mm -hmm. what we're putting in our bodies to our behaviors, uh, how we're moving in our bodies, who mm -hmm. we surround ourselves with, all of it, mm -hmm. and, and make a shift. Yeah, and you see what happens as we go through each portal and the frequency of the earth is lifting. The way it was described to me was like we're being pushed through a sieve. So our old programs, as the new frequency 
senses come in, they won't fit through anymore. So we have to deal with them. And what's happening as we raise the vibration of the earth is that sieve is getting finer. Hmm. So wounding that we might have been able to live with a year ago, now it's up again because we, we, we can't. And it's actually a gift. People are being triggered, but this is what I've learned through doing hypnosis for 30 years, is that everything that happens to you, if somebody's being mean to you, if you're attracting this negative situation, it's because you have a lesson that you need to learn. It's not people randomizingly vic- vic- randomly victimizing you. Okay. It's that you as a soul know that you've got this program So somebody comes in as your teacher, often somebody that you're close to, and they just put their finger right on your trigger. And you think, oh, you're being so mean to me. But you see, if you didn't have the trigger, there would be nothing to to explode. That's right. There's no charge. There's nothing to... No, no. For sure. Um, I'm just curious. You you talk about... Uh, in your book, the Lemurians worked, and you go into detail in a chapter, and I'm wondering if you can just elaborate for the listeners how the Lemurians uh, worked with different star systems from the Arcturians, the Palladians, to the Andromeda, Andromeda um, Orion, um, uh, Alpha Centauri, I think. Alpha Centauri, Alpha Centauri, mm-hmm. Arcturus. And... Could you just talk a bit about those star systems and mm-hmm. and their relevance in all of this? Well, again, it's not them; it's we. <laughs> we are the star people. That's important because in that level of consciousness, we don't have physical restriction like we have now. We're not bound by gravity. We're not in physical form. We are able to travel wherever we want to go in any of the known universes. We can go through portals into parallel universes. When I was asking once where I came from, I was taken through the middle star of the belt of Orion into another universe that starts at the fifth dimension that there is no nothing like pain and suffering. So when we knew we were going to do this whole cycle on the earth, which was going to be the most challenging thing that any of us had ever experienced, we went to different star systems to learn the technology of each one. So some of them, like on Andromeda, they have the technology of sound and light for generating energy. The Pleiades, it's all crystals. They uh, farm crystals and they put consciousness programs into them and then they send them off all over the universe to help. So many of us transported crystals from the Pleiades to to the earth so we spent many many it's not years because it's only down here that we have time we just traveled through all of these star systems absorbing the frequency the knowledge the technology and the energy of all these different star places now some of them we will feel individually more connected to because as a soul they are more in harmony with our particular frequency. So some people feel more from Sirius, some people more connected to the Pleiades, some Arcturus, but we did all of it. And then we all gathered on Venus. Mm. That was the collecting point for our solar system was Venus because it was the closest point to the Earth that uh, that we could all so it was like a staging post all these beings came from everywhere like a wave station yes that's right and the reason we chose venus was because venus is just pure love Mm -hmm. so we wanted to immerse ourselves in pure love in order to 
go and do this this experiment that we were going to do on the earth. And incidentally, the whales came with us from Sirius and they spent a long time on Venus becoming love. And what they do now, they travel the waters of the earth, which represents the emotional body, and they just sing love into the waters. So that's one of the reasons they're so big. They're just big love bugs swi- uh, swimming the oceans, sending love. They're, they're magnificent. What is coming to mind is a recent uh, biofield session I was doing with a client. As I'm working in the ether, this presence said, bring in the sound of the whales. Mm-hmm. And of course... There's the rational mind and there's the higher mind. And mm. I put that rational mind aside when I'm working. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have no other way to do what I'm doing because our rational mind, our thinking mind cannot make sense of this, of course. Mm-mm. And so I just played the sound of the whales singing mm. during our whole session. And... I received so much information. I should add to the story that this person was not in the room. This was a distant session. Oh, mm-hmm. They weren't even on the phone. Mm-hmm. They just said, just give me a session. Tell me what you find. Send me your feedback. And that's it. Mm. Now, this is a very experienced person, so they're, they're open to all this. So I felt like I had a green light. But what was so fascinating is that this information comes in. I'm working with this whale energy. And then I go, they say, open up your book. And I open up the book and guess which page I turn to? (laughs) The chapter in Titan, Mm -hmm. Whales. That's right. The whales and the dolphins came with us from Sirius. And this is where the Christ flame, the energy for the Christening, which is the same as the ascension, we're all moving into our Christ bodies, is the deal was that we were going to come together. We as humans were going to go to sleep and forget who we are. The whales and dolphins never did. They know who they are and they know who we are. So recently, within the last 50 years, whales and dolphins have been purposely coming closer, wanting to swim with us. They're completely telepathic. They're fully conscious beings. They know who they are. So the dolphins are the interdimensional connectors. They, they connect the planes like this, like a spiral. And the dolphins, the whales just sing love uh, into the waters. And it's all transmitted through their sound or through eye contact. So uh, when I lived in Hawaii, I used to swim with the dolphins and just they would swim this far away and just look into your eye. Mm -hmm. And then I would go and do a a journey to see what they were doing. And they were always opening up something in my DNA or healing something that was broken in in my body. So I'm very vocal in... Uh, speaking up for whales and dolphins because they are fully conscious beings and we need to not be hunting them and and, uh, hurting them the way we are. For sure. Uh, We talk about the Christed body coming into this Christ consciousness and it's, it's a part of my verbiage and I'm very familiar with it like you are. But how can you explain that to someone who's listening that may, say, be um, of a religion where, like someone who might be raised Jewish, and Mm. words have charge, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, they do. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. so maybe someone who grew up with that as a religion might listen to this and go, okay, like, that's not for me. But there's a great misunderstanding of what that really means that has nothing to do, it goes way beyond religion or Mm -hmm. whether you're a believer or not or whether you're an atheist or whether you're a Christian or whether you're any of it. It's Mm. beyond any of that labeling. 
And I'm wondering if you could just talk about really what it means to be in a Christed body. Yes, it's nothing to do with Christianity. It's to do with living from the heart and in the heart. And that was actually the teaching and the message that Jesus came to demonstrate. He did not intend to start a world religion with everyone worshipping him. (laughs) He wanted us to follow his example. That's all it was. He was demonstrating unconditional love, forgiveness, tolerance, and non-judgment. And he said, I, I am the way. I, want, I am showing you the way, and even greater things shall you do. So his message has been extremely distorted, and that was why I was asked to write the book uh, at Mother Mary's table, because it's the story not just of Mother Mary, but of all the disciples and the Essenes and what their mission was, which was to spread the word, and the word is the way of love. So it doesn't matter what religion anybody sees themselves in. This is just a state of consciousness that the earth is evolving into where we will have moved back to the heart, where we will be not using the lower chakras anymore, the fear, the trying to hold on to things because we're so afraid that we're not going to make it or we won't survive if we don't grip tight. It's knowing that there's enough for everybody. This is how we were in Lemuria. We could create everything that we needed. So our only purpose was to help each other. We were very service-oriented. How can I help you? So this is what the world is evolving. The earth is evolving now. And what Master Jesus said is that he came to plant the seed 2,000 years ago. We are the blossoming of the tree. It's taken 2,000 years of evolution for us to be ready and for the earth to be ready in terms of raising its frequency that now we can really blossom and live the way he asked us to live, which was an embodiment of unconditional love. And this is what's called Christ consciousness. Nothing to do with being a Christian. It's just having that consciousness. Remembering who we are, connecting to our own source. When he said, Uh, I and the Father are one. He meant that he had reconnected to his divine essence. And that's what is happening and is possible for us right now, is that once you make that connection to the soul and you bring it into the body, uh, this is what I do in my sessions, then as, as you were saying, things start happening. (laughs) You start noticing very clearly that there are messages for you everywhere. And it, it gives such a rich dimension to your life when you can feel the higher presence and the guiding hand. Then it just gives you like another perspective that is so wonderful, so rich. And, and it gets you out of the way. You get yourself mm-hmm. out of the way. Absolutely. So that... I, I don't necessarily like to say magic because that gets a funky vibe to some people's ears, but it's the magnificence really mm. of being embodied on this planet mm-hmm. where when you just drop the resistance and you allow that higher information to come in, mm. yeah, things become quite magical. Like the whales, like saying, mm. okay. Uh, you want me to work with whale tones? Okay, this person needs that. All right, <laughs> I'll play whale tones. Mm-hmm. They have this incredible experience. My work is done. I turn to your book. I read to them what I'm guided to. And it's so all wonderful. Yeah. And this is what you were saying earlier. I'm so glad you didn't listen to your rational mind. <laughs> because, <laughs> because biologically, only... The, the conscious part of our mind is only 10% of the brain. 
Mm. Which means the other 90% is our connection to our super consciousness and our unconscious, where the programs. So, so the way I do my hypnosis, we go first up to the super conscious for you to experience the wholeness of who you are. And then we use that connection, we bring in that whole, complete, and perfect self, and we use that to just release all the self-negating programs very easily. We don't have to go digging and recall and relive all the trauma that you've ever had. We just ask for the wounded part of you that is still holding that belief. And we just we just bring that wounded aspect in to the wholeness that we've already brought down. So it's very quick and it's very gentle. Yes, and I can attest to that. And very powerful. Very and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep you too long, Charmian, but is there anything that you want to share that the masters, that your higher consciousness, that the light, is aiming to bring forth for people listening that will really serve them so that they can not only have the courage to um, raise their frequency, but um, feel inspired as to where Mm. we are moving towards. Yes, the, the Greeks said, I think it was the Greeks said, man, know thyself, know thy truth, and the truth shall set you free. And what I'm hearing from the masters is that it's all in the plan. Nothing is left to chance, that if one particular avenue doesn't open the way it was intended to, another one will. So there is nothing that is outside of the divine plan that is lifting this earth into oneness. No matter what other forces, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call it, whatever plan they think they have, uh, they don't. (laughs) So don't go into fear, don't feed anger, and don't feed resistance. Feed love, community, and connection. Because then you will be living the peace, the love, and the harmony that is healing the divide. That as you become an embodiment of your own heart, then everything else falls into place. You attract people who are on that vibration. And you will find your whole life transforming. Amen to that. Um, Charmian, where can we find you if we're interested in getting a session, if you're doing any events, anything you want to share? Oh, yes. That's the other thing I do is I do online classes because my work is to bring the groups, the teams together who worked not just in Lemuria, but in Egypt, in Atlantis. I've always trained people in the mystery schools. So now we're all coming together with like-minded people. So even if we're on Zoom, it doesn't matter because we're putting our energies together. So my website is called cominghometolemuria.com, which is the title of my book. I have a whole channel on YouTube with about 200 meditations and activations that is called Charmian Redwood. So I would be very delighted for people to find me because this is my purpose now. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know where I'm going. When I leave this body, I'm going home. And my only purpose is to awaken those who are ready to, to take that path, take that journey. And I can attest your work is precious and significant. And like I said in the very beginning, much needed for mm. where we are today at this particular time. And I would love to have you back so we can talk about, after I read your other <laughs> book, uh, Mother Mary, um, Mother Mary. At Mother Mary's Table. And I have another book called 2012, A New Earth Rising, which is all about the new earth. See, when I published the Lemuria book, 
uh, and it started to go out and I was getting emails from people saying, well, it doesn't feel much like oneness and is there any point to this and is it actually going to get any better? And that people in overwhelm and in despair and I asked my guides, How, what can I tell them? They said, show them where we're going. So I did special sessions specifically to go forward into the new earth, see how we get there, how what it looks like. And it's all the earth is restored to love peace, harmony, it's green, everything's growing, everybody's helping each other, the conflict has all gone, and we're, we are living the garden again. So that's the A New Earth Rising, that's called 2012, A New Earth Rising. Well, I, uh, I hold that vision every day, mm-hmm. and uh, see you on the grid. And I will see you soon. Thank you very much. Bless you. And thank you so much for inviting me today. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform. Or go to Spiritual Geek Out. 